Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. I'm Jack Ward, and we're back with Mutual Presents, our look into the old-time radio of the original Mutual Broadcast Network, found right here on the Mutual YouTube channel. This week, we return to Wednesday Wonders Exploring Tomorrow with another double feature of brand sci-fi tales made in Avic and The Mimic. So turn back those clocks as we return to the days of classic Mutual. Generally speaking, what a fellow means when he says it was a fair fight turns out to be I won the way I expected to. Uh, AVAC was in a position that they weren't supposed to win. They were going to have to use an unexpected method. Of course, that would be called unfair, wouldn't it? All right, over here, Captain Bratton. Just take a seat, and I'll be with you in a moment. Oh, thanks. Nothing special the immigration department wants to see me about, is there? I mean, if it's those little fungoid life forms you're worried no, about. No, Captain, it's not fungoid life forms. Uh, let's see, your ship just arrived here, Terra, an hour ago. Yes, yes, we docked at LaGuardia Field at 4 p.m. In fact, I haven't even had time Has to your get... crew left the ship yet? No, sir. After all, I am conscious of the great responsibility we inter-system cargo carriers have regarding the importation of non-terrestrial toxins and microbodies and unicellular Captain, life. Captain, I'm not a bacteriologist. My name's Jeffy. I'm a psychologist. I see, sir. Just what do you see? You're making a check to see if I'm spaceworthy, not neurotic or cracking up under the stress. And you jot down notes and just from little slips a man makes because he's tired and needs a rest and a shower and a couple of beers at a high-class bar and maybe a few days of quiet in the country, away from always worrying about a media breaking through the hall. Oh, I admit I am somewhat knocked out. Who wouldn't be? I brought this cargo in from Deneb. We've been out there between systems, the long haul, for 13 months. And we've got nothing to apologize for. You let me rest up. How about trying that, instead of badgering us with psychological questions? I'm sorry, Captain. Now, let's see. You visited the sixth planet to the Deneb system. A vac or something like that? A vac. Did you and your crew enjoy your stay there? Well, they treated us okay. We were three weeks loading during that time we... Mostly just strolled around, taking things easy. Wasn't much to see. Mostly just small towns, factories. They make uh, ceramic household goods. That was our cargo, in fact. That's a darn small planet they've got there, sir, and overcrowded. Every half mile, there's a factory going like crazy, and the air's so full of smoke from the stacks you can hardly breathe. Sir, they've got almost no raw materials. But out of what they have, plus the synthetics they've developed, they're able to turn out so much pottery that you'll find it everywhere in the galaxy. It's amazing. Every system you visit, you see vases, salt shakers, flower pots. They're all marked made at AVAC. Just think what they could do if they had a sufficient supply of raw materials. Makes you wonder. Yes, it does make you wonder. They, uh, they fought a little war back about ten years with the other planets of their system. Beat them, too. 
Well, it didn't do him any good. The other planets were just as depleted. <clears throat> Captain, I want you to examine something. Oh, yes, sir. That's an Avakian space mine. Seeks out the target by beaming in on the target's heat. They used that in a couple of three wars. Awful thing. Look at that boring snout. Mm -hmm. I'm told it cuts its way through the hull of a ship to the wall of a building until it actually gets to a living creature. Then... Yes, sir, it's a vicious weapon. The troops called them leeches. But that was ten years ago, sir. Now they're a commercial planet. They threw out the military leaders and voted in a business administration. They're all for trade and culture exchange now. They learned their lesson. Did they? Captain, while you were on AVAC, did you buy and bring back here with you any toys for your children? <laughs> fight hasn't been well defined, neither is the concept toy. Uh, take a portable typewriter, for instance. Is this a toy for a child, or is it the working tool of a newspaper reporter? It isn't really what you, the thing is, but how you think about it, what you intend to do with it. What is a toy, a toy for children? While you were on AVAC, did you buy and bring back here with you any toys for your children? Well, as a matter of fact... I'd like to see what toys you bought on AVAC. Let's have a look. Put it back on the ship in my cabin. Captain, I'd like you to glance at this particular toy. It showed up a month or so ago. Possibly you saw something like it in the store on AVAC. It looks like an ordinary set of model soldiers to me. Uh, British grenadiers, I guess. Very authentic, too. Gosh... Look at the detail on the uniforms. Yes, it's amazing. You'd think they were real. Genuine British soldiers of centuries ago, standing three inches high. And their cannons. You'd almost expect those cannons to fire, wouldn't you? Fine workmanship. Oh, Captain, the cannons do fire. Okay, I'll show you. I'm using now what is called a ramrod. Uh -huh. Ramming the powder and shot in. Just a second. Yeah, now it's ready. They must use watchmaker's tools, microscopic precision. I'll fire it out the window. Ready? Ready. Oh, yes, guards, will you begin clearing the debris? I'm sorry, I meant it to explode entirely outside the building. Must have caught a corner of the window. This is terrible. Now, to the soldiers. They're dead, of course. Dead? Well, let's say inert. We destroyed their neural systems with high voltage. What? We simply took the cartons of soldiers and put a charge through them. That's fragile. It's hard even for a people uniquely talented in microscopic assembly to produce a workable robot only three inches high. I see. Of course, robots. Yeah, look at this. Why, well, I'd, I'd say this is... Uh, but it looks like a little toy telephone set. Gosh, we had those when I was a kid. Talk to the kid across the street. Transmit for a block or more. Talk into it. Here. I'll get out the mate and answer you. In fact, I'll go stand over here. Away from you with it. Okay, Captain. Can you hear me? I hear you, sir. Say something foul. Sir? You're a spaceman. Think of the foulest oath you can remember. Say it into the phone. Okay, sir. You know, sir, it's the darndest thing. I guess I must be nervous. I can't. 
try. I can't, sir. I can't think of anything foul. All right. That's what I wanted to show you, Captain. The horn acts to inhibit the speech center of persons near it. Sort of damper. Actually, the technique was known to us. We used it during World War III, during brain cleansing therapy. Uh -huh. You know, obliterating hostilities from the minds of enemy prisoners. Sure. But to incorporate it into a child's toy. You see, Captain, a child exposed to this mechanism over a long period of time would develop a docility, a passivity, an inability to feel angry or aggressive. In other words... Brain cleansed. Now look at this. What uh, seems to be... Yes, it's one of those question and answer games. You might you get a buzz if you guess the right answer. I'll fit a question sheet over the terminals. With this toy, the child develops a rudimentary knowledge of natural facts and a variety of topics. And let's see, this top sheet consists of questions on growing plants and flowers. Yeah, well, let's try something different. All right, how about great composers? No, I, I think I'd like to try this sheet titled The Human Body. I used to know something about that. I took a college correspondence course in biology during a long trip out. Very well. I'll plug in question three. The digestive system breaks down protein foods into what simple molecules? Uh, amino acids. Answer number nine. Plug the answer wire onto the number nine terminal. I agree. Amino acids is right. Well, what's the matter then? It works normally. Now try it the way we started. Question three with answer nine. You won't get a buzz this time. Well, but we did get a buzz, and it's right. Yes, we got a buzz before. But we won't get one now. See, Captain, there's a circuit in this thing that randomizes the buzz. The child using this so-called educational toy will get correct answers to start with. Then the randomization sets in. And before he is sure enough of his own knowledge to contradict it, his meager fund of accurate facts will be gradually distorted. Not wiped out, but altered more and more until he is confused. Oh, but... Uh... Why? So he'll be convinced that there is no such thing as a correct answer. And now I'd like to see the toys you brought back with you. Let's go to your ship and have a look at them. the last war always wants his methods of fighting a war to be the ultimate weapons because he wins with those but what is the real ultimate weapon a weapon that no other weapon can touch how about the weapon of changing your enemy into a friend or changing your enemy so he doesn't even try to defeat you wouldn't that be a more powerful weapon than any possible attacking device this, uh, this is my younger kid, Charles. He's nine. Mm -hmm. What is it? Well, can't you tell? Looks like a costume. Hey, I'll spread it out. What kind of a costume is it? I don't see any identifying features. Looks more like a sack. A gray sack. I shopped around AVAC for days before I ran across this. Yeah, I'll put it on. Yeah, right sleeve. And left. Yeah. Hmm. Explain it, Captain. But can't you see? No, you're simply inside a gray sack. That's all I can see. I'm a cowboy. What? This is a cowboy suit. More than that. Of course, it takes a few minutes. Good Lord. It's changing color. And so am I. Changing me into a cowboy. Darn it, I said I was a cowboy and I am. 
Now, I don't mean I'm just pretending to be a cowboy. I mean, as long as I'm wearing this material around me, I actually become a cowboy. <laughs> Notice I've got chaps on my legs. I put this on a couple of times on the trip back, me and the crew both. Really got a kick out of it. Looky here. I got me a six gun. Where did that gun come from? Grew out of the suit. And your head's expanding and turning black. Nah, that's my 10-gallon black felt hat. Incredible. Put him up, partner. Why, your skin looks like leather. Is that your idea of a humorous remark, partner? Take it off. Take what off? That material before it's too late. Take it off before you're so far down in that fantasy world you can't get back. Like they intended it. Take it off. Uh, just when I was beginning to enjoy myself. You know, friend, when I was just a little tyke, I used to pine to be back in the good old days and ride the reins. Back when you could smell the sagebrush growing out in the free country where... What was I saying? Why, a cowboy. Why, I, I always wanted to be a cowboy. Would it be the same for me, I wonder? Oh, no, I put it, it on. It's, it's whatever your fantasy is. Now, Charles probably will use it to become a 20th century businessman. Gray flannel suit, Ivy League. He reads all those old adventures about New York before it was destroyed. Those uh, advertising operas. Give me that material. I'm impounding it. But why? What, what's wrong? It just helps a kid act out perfectly normal childhood fantasies. Char Charles plays advertising exec all day long. With this, he can... A child couldn't possibly hold out against me. It almost got you, and you're a grown man. Do you want to lose your child? Is that what you want? Do you want to see him disappear down into a fantasy world and never return? Let's see what else you brought back. Yeah, yeah. Only uh, one more toy. Actually, it's a game for my older boy, Pete. He's 12. Open it up. Yeah. It's called the uh, Enterprise. I figure all the kids in the block can play. It's a lot of fun. A bunch of us played it on the trip back. Oh. Can two play? Mm-hmm. Two players up to eight. Very well, let's play. Each player buys shares with money borrowed from the other players. Now, at any time, a creditor can demand payment either in shares or in money. But as soon as a player ceases to extend credit, he must show what shares he holds. He has to show which groups he's been able to get control of. From then on, he has to bid out in the open with everyone else knowing what he's got shares. I bid 3,000 solar units for two shares of Neptune Nonferic Ores Incorporated. Mm. Make it 4,000 and the shares are yours. Sold. Okay. Now, you owe me 600,000 solar units. And I owe you 355,000 solar units. I demand payment of the difference. Mm, let's see. I don't have 245,000 units worth of stock. Yes, you do. If you turn in your Martian Diamond Mines Limited. Oh, but that's my best bluff. That corners you from the interplanets. Put it in or call the game over. All right, it's in. Game's over. But why? I have enough solar units left to buy all your remaining stock. So in terms of profit and loss, you're wiped out. Yes, I guess you're right. Very well, you wind up with three expensive groups. And I... I don't have any. Well, do you see anything harmful in this game? All I can see myself is that it teaches a child the basic facts of economic life. And that's something every child should know. Oh, I have to admit, I find nothing subversive in this game. 
In fact, it's nothing but a variant of an old Terran parlor game called Monopoly. Yes, you can retain this toy, Captain. It meets with immigration specifications. Well, that's a relief. Sorry to have caused you so much trouble. I'll go and interview your crew and see what children's artifacts they brought back. You can go to your hotel now. Uh, can you find your way around the ship? Oh, yes, yes, I'm used to it. I'll see you again, and next time you're done. Right. Hope your children enjoy playing Enterprise. Matter of fact, I enjoyed it myself. Might have you bring in a set for me next time. Sure. Anything to accommodate the immigration department. Well, I better get all the pieces back in the box before they get lost. Heck, in that game, Monopoly, the player who wound up with the most money and property won the game. And in Enterprise, the winner is the one who's wiped out. Hey, I'll bet he didn't realize he beat me. But he didn't have a solar unit or a share of stock left. He won by a clean sweep. Sometimes it's fun to try to pitch yourself against a puzzle. Try considering tonight's story as a puzzle. It's a story about a monster. That's a familiar theme in science fiction and fantasy. But tonight's story deals with an impossible monster. See if you understand enough of the relationship of living things to figure out why this monster is impossible. When men go out into space, sooner or later in their explorations, they're going to meet somewhere on some world something that's mighty darn dangerous. And uh, the real danger is that it might be brought home unknowingly. That's a uh, kind of unpleasant thought at times, isn't it? I wonder how deadly, how disastrous a thing might be brought home. It's past ten. March, when is this brother of yours getting here? Midnight? Oh, Dave, don't start getting upset about it. It's like a little late. Don't forget, it's five years since he was last on Earth. Five years? I know five years. A ship landed half past seven. It doesn't take three hours to get here from the spaceport. Well, maybe there's some routine he had to go through before he could leave the customs. I understand there's a comprehensive medical examination for all returning from outer space. That's all we need. Some weird disease he picked up on Alpha Centauri 5. No, they wouldn't let him near civilians if he had any such disease. Well, all I can say is that if he doesn't show his face here by 11, I'm going to go upstairs and go to bed. I need my sleep. Oh, there he is now, Dave. Oh, I knew he'd be here on time. That'd be nice to him, Dave. He is my brother, after all. I haven't seen him since 89. Okay, I'll be polite. I'll go let him in. Right on in. My name is Dave Sporley. Thanks. I appreciate this, Dave. Oh, Ted. Oh, Ted. Hello, sis. Well, stand back and let me look at you. <whistles> this is a big girl now, isn't she? <laughs> well, I'm almost 24. I married Dave three years ago. Well, you haven't changed much in five years. Same red hair, that dimple, freckles on your nose. Uh, was there much red tape before you could leave customs? Just a medical exam. They gave me a quick look to make sure I wasn't carrying the plague. 
I was cleared through around 8.15. Oh, you must have stopped off for a little nip before coming here then, huh? No, no, I came straight here from the spaceport. Oh, but it only takes half an hour by rocket tube. No one said anything to me about a rocket tube. I took the subway. The subway? <laughs> oh, really? Not a subway all the way out here? No wonder it took you so long. Say, the rocket tube's only been in operation for three and a half years. Yeah. That's why Ted didn't use it. Yeah. He didn't know it existed. The world changes more than you think in five years. The new model autos that drive themselves, 3D video, the robots. Those things were all new when I last was on Earth. Now they're commonplace to everyone except me. Come on into the living room. You'll probably want to rest up. I'll give you a drink, put a little music on. And you can tell us all about your five years in space. Ah, better not. Hmm? You miss him out in space. Hey, can I dial you a drink? Ah, uh, Scott, thanks. I'll take a meat. Oh, same old head. Still likes the same music and still drinks the same kind of drink. Uh, it's only been five years. I haven't been away forever. Uh, can you tell us where you've been? Or is that classified? Well, some of it is. But I covered a lot of ground. You ought to see the night sky on Den of Nine, Marge. Five hundred little moons up there like whirling knives in the darkness. From the 17th planet of the Vegas system, two billion miles from its sun, and yet there's that great blazing light in the sky, so bright that we had to wear special eye lenses. Mm, join the Space Force and see the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. It was good of both of you to offer to put me up while I'm on ground leave. No treat to be in a world where you have no friends and only one living relative. Oh, I don't mention it, Ted. Uh, how, how long did you say that you were staying? Three weeks. That's all right with you. Mm, and then you go back to space for another five years? That's right. Survey trip this time. Around the galactic rim. How exciting that must be. Just a job after all, Marge. Well, but how much more exciting it must be to be a spaceman than a newspaper man. You a newspaper man, Dan? Well, I work for one of the system-wide news services. Mm, that's a job that keeps humming all the time. We spacemen spend three quarters of our time drifting through nowhere between planets, playing solitaire, watching old films and thinking about Earth. Yes, but when the waiting's over, when you finally reach another sun and walk on alien soil... Yes, then it becomes worthwhile. Well, you must excuse me, I've had a busy day. Aboard ship and then getting out here, of course. If you'd like me to show you up to the room, why... I appreciate that. See this house is so full of new gadgets that I hardly know what anything does. Now, this thing over here... Watch out, don't... My arm's all right, Vaughn. Oh, that was a wall disposal unit. Hmm? Anything you put in there gets converted into energy. Oh, but look, I put my arm back in time, see? Yeah, but we heard the sound. When you activate the unit, it crackles like that. And I saw your hand in there up to the wrist. Oh, you're both imagining things. All I did was toss a piece of candy in to see what would happen. My hand didn't come anywhere near it. But I saw your hand go in, Ted. And the disposal field crackled. And, and yet your hand's all right. I don't understand it. I tell you, my hand didn't come anywhere near it, Marge. Dave, would you show me to my room? I'm pretty worn out. But I saw his hand go in. I saw it. Living organism, anywhere. It's to be able to meet uh, its environment. To survive, to handle the situations it encounters, handle them at least well enough to maintain its own existence as a species. It's not so obvious that you can overdo that, but you know you can. He's all moved in upstairs in the guest room. Seems pleased with the layout. Well, 
Suppose we turn in now. It's past 11, isn't it? Dave, I'm worried. About what? That business about the disposal unit? Oh, it must have been our imagination. No, no, I saw him clearly put his hand into that field. But when he took it out again, his hand was whole. And there are other things. Like what? He's different somehow, Dave. Different? I'm sure he's different. Five years. No, it's not just the five years. His voice isn't quite the same anymore. Something weird about the way he speaks now. And his eyes, they, they have a far away look. Which was never like that before. Davy changed. And uh, I'm afraid of him now. You're afraid? Afraid of your own brother? I'm afraid that he... Well, that he isn't my own brother anymore. Oh, God, No, I don't know what I'm saying, I guess, but... Well, I... I do feel strange about his being upstairs. As if... As if something dangerous had entered our house. But what, what, what should I do about it? Go upstairs and ask him if he's a monster in disguise? Oh, Marge, he's your brother and you invited him here. No, but I'm... I'm worried. And, and what am I supposed to do about it? I, it? It really, believe me, it's all in your imagination. Dave, didn't you see him stick his hand into that disposal? No, I didn't. But you said... You're just making that up. You saw it as clear as I did. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go upstairs and ask him to leave? He can spend his furlough in some hotel. No, of course we can't do that. Well, then leave me alone. But would you do one thing for me? What is it? Go upstairs to his room. He probably isn't asleep yet, but maybe he's getting undressed. And try to get a look at him. My brother had a scar on his chest about five inches long, starting from his left collarbone and running down diagonally. He got it when we were kids. And see if the man upstairs has that scar, too. No, look, Marge, you said that he liked the same drinks and the same music he always did. So why... Why did you go upstairs and look? You could tell him you just stopped in to see if he was comfortable. This is ridiculous, Marge. Spying on your own brother to see if he's a, a, a thing from outer space. I'll feel happier if you go up. Oh, won't you, Dave? All right, all right, all right. If it'll stop you from worrying, I'll go see if he's awake. I saw your light was still on, Ted, so I figured I'd stop Why do you enter my room without knocking? Your Your face is... My face is different. You look... You look like me now. My face, that is not yours. I'm simply practicing. Practicing? Oh, don't go away. Come here, Dave. What are you? <laughs> I'm your brother-in-law, Dave. And your face. And your hands. Didn't Marge tell you that I had such abilities? No, of course not. I guess she didn't know. I couldn't do things like this before I visited Altair six two years ago. Altair has a very interesting form of native life. At the moment, nobody knows of the existence of this life form but me. It's a mimic. Mimic? When a spaceman known as Ted Kennedy was exploring Altair six two years ago, he wandered off alone to look for wildlife. There was a big brown stone in his way. He kicked it. But the stone clung to his boot. It wasn't a stone, you see. It was a mimic. I don't know what you're talking about. Get out of my way and let me out of this room. You must be out of your mind. Ted Kennedy never knew what happened to him. Within ten seconds, the mimic had absorbed him. Swallowed him up. 
flesh, brain, memories and all. When the mimic had fed, it realized what a lucky find it had made. A spaceman would be going back to Earth someday. The mimic can divide itself infinitely. It left part of itself there in its old disguise of a stone. The rest of it went back to the spaceship disguised as Ted Kennedy. Mark said you were different, that something, something had happened to you. I have all of Ted Kennedy's memories. As far as anyone can tell, I am Ted Kennedy. Right down to the last molecule. And my crew members, who are all absorbed by the mimic and who are on leave now. Oh, a whole ship of you spreading all over the earth. Exactly. Come here, Dave. Not an army. Don't try to resist. It'll just take seconds. Mark! Mark! Just a moment more. Then it'll be over. midnight now. You'll be dead in the morning if you don't get some sleep, Dave. Come on, let's turn in. Just a minute, Marge. Dave, why are you looking at me that way? Here. I am here. Well, closer. Let me hold you in my arms. <laughs> why so lovey-dovey here in the living room, Dave? Dave, you look so strange. Let me hold you. Take your eyes, you look different. What's wrong with you? What, what happened to you upstairs? What's going on in the house? Let me hold you, Marge. Let go of me. You're, you're holding me too tight, Dave. Just a moment, Marge, and then you'll be one of us. Dave, what are you doing to me? Dave, I don't understand it. You're, you're hurting me. Only a moment more before absorption, then you'll be part of us, like you and me and Ted, and soon the whole world. Dave, no! Marge! That's all there is to it, see. A few moments while our organism absorbs yours, then the split, and the new wide spalling appears. It's odd. I remember everything I did is March, clear and sharp. 
Only now I'm you too, Dave. And Ted. And all the members of Ted's ship crew. And soon, everyone in the world. All merged into us. I see it's all over. I waited until you had converted us. Yeah, we'd better sleep now, build up our energy, and every time tomorrow we get someone alone... We convert him into us. Simple. Quick. All this food waiting for us on this planet. Billions of human beings. All ours. Answer it. Why, it's Mr. Adams from next door. Uh, hello there, Mr. Spaulding. I, I know it's late at night, and I hope I'm not intruding, but I was just coming home from the movies, and as I passed by outside, it sort of seemed to me that I heard screams coming from in here. Yes, that's right. It, it was my wife screaming. Mrs. Spaulding? But you seem so calm. I mean... Well, I guess everything's under control. Yes, everything is under control. Yes, well, if that's the case, I guess I'll be going on along home then. I'm sorry to have bothered you. I just, just thought maybe you might be needing some help. We appreciate that very much, Mr. Adams. Won't you step in for a moment? Well, it's, it's quite late, and as you say, everything's under control. All the same. If you'd come inside. Yes, do come in. I'll fix you a little nightcap. Well, just for a moment. I've always believed in being neighborly. Uh, yes, I'll come in if you're nice enough to ask me. We're glad to have you, Mr. Adams. Hey, don't stand in the hall. Come in. Close the door. Well, it's nice of you to ask me in, Mrs. Pauling. Yes, sir. Right nice of you to invite me in. <laughs> This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.